Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most epic 42069 edition of Nick's Nonfiction Ever. I'm Nick Muniz. Today on the show, we have got Emil Durkheim's suicide. The most serious topic for a philosopher. Is suicide a deeply buried feeling? Or is it the ultimate self-expression? Just kidding. We are not here to glorify suicide today. You could tell a joke from a not joke. Emile's theory goes, suicide primarily results from a lack of integration of the individual into society. <laughs> These Frenchmen, they do know a thing or two about despair. What do you call a Frenchman in sandals? Philippe Falop. <laughs> I go to this restaurant the other day. They serve breakfast at any time. I order French toast in the Stone Age. Think about this one, bro. How come there was no suicide in the Stone Age? Return to Monk. So I'm going to side with Woodsman Thoreau today, compared to Emile, who's saying, you got to drench yourself in more society. That'll cure your depression. For as bad as they smell, these French people really like being around each other. <laughs> My take is going to be that individuals need specific care. There's no one-size-fits-all to sadness. Oh, well, actually, Big Pharma would tell you the seasonal oppression disorder, sad drug, that'll fix you right up. <laughs> like, Emil is telling you to be a little productive member of society. That'll fix you. Who's paying these people? Sad people drugs. We'll talk about brain stabilizers, unstable communities. That sounds a little bit like Pete Davidson to me in comedy. He's been on SSRIs every day since he's been 14 years old. And we're supposed to look up to this guy? <laughs> Come on now. Like, I'm the book guy. We're not doing brain chemistry today. We're doing self-mastery. You want the answer? You could turn me off right after this. The age-old cure for depression is progress. Just fucking work. Be a wood whittler. Do anything and make progress. I think bigger. If you're sad, maybe you know you're not in full control. Like, the systems surrounding us make us sad, but that's not a fucking excuse. You're the author here. Are you going to write a comedy or a tragedy? You get to be the hero in both. In a tragedy, the hero dies, but the message lives on. It's kind of epic. In a comedy, you got to hitch onto a broad, and then you make fun of each other until you die. What do you want? <laughs> Didn't say I was a salesman. We got a Durkheim quote here. Man cannot become attached to higher aims and submit to a rule if he sees nothing above him to which to belong. Religion, society, anything he's telling you to belong to. To be free from all social pressures is to abandon himself and demoralize himself. I've met some woodsmen out there, bro. <laughs> and he's just going to tell you to be part of society. All the corporations, I like to call them the one-eyed flying purple purpose eaters. <laughs> Do you really feel like you have a purpose? I'm me too, bro. I hate my job and my life. I'm going to be so honest today. <laughs> like corporate civilization, it's built for sad. No, I'm not a communist, egalitarian progress. We need fair games out here. There's no progress. It's been 20 years and the iPhone is a little bit skinnier. Whoa. Oh my God. We're going to make fun. It's fun, but there's no excuse. What's really happening here? our first world problems you're gonna kill yourself because of the iphone bro the suicide jokes don't fly with most people they hang <laughs> for real though 
this isn't a joke today. If you're going to commit suicide, get help. Pay someone to shoot you. <laughs> Why is suicide illegal? Destruction of government property. Another one. When's the best time to commit suicide? Eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hang in there. We'll be right back. About the author Emilio Durkheim. He's a man and his name is Emil. Born 1858, died 1917. This book is really big in academia. I have a criminal justice major and they made us read this one. This guy also writes about the uh, broken windows policing theory. So just because there's a broken window, other windows will be broken. And to us empiricists, that is called correlation. There's no cause. Who's the motherfucker who threw the rock? He's a dainty sociologist based in a world of theory, bro. I'm dragging him into empirical world today. Let's go! The Thunderdome of Ideas. Nick's nonfiction. And, um, what? He's gonna talk about education a lot? Like, I would have learned a lot more if I watched Ed Milet interview the San Francisco Bridge Jumper than these fucking classes. And hearing one good story of suicide is so much better than theory. Bro, seriously, Ed Milet, the bridge jumper. Go watch that interview. Fucking change your life. And they had that guy talk to us when we were in elementary school. <laughs> Such an appropriate audience. I was really thinking about ending it in fourth grade. Those juice boxes were getting stale. Emil Durkheim. He doesn't give practical advice like Nietzsche or Camus. Yet it's dark. We have autonomy, so let's give our lives some meaning. Emil's just going, society. Hmm. No wonder they love him in that. Eka fucking Damia. Why don't libraries have books about suicide? They never get returned. <laughs> the only thing suicide bombers are afraid of? Dying alone. <laughs> Harry Schwann on Instagram, patreon.com slash these. Check them out. It's going to be a good show today. One more tip. Like if you're going to make a suicide pact with someone, you should never offer to go first. Trust me, I've done five of them. <laughs> I got blood on my hands. We'll be right back. Chapter 1, Emilio Durkheim's Suicide. Extra Social Factors. First sentence is a paragraph long. Let me sum it up for you. He's going, oh, everybody knows what suicide is, but do they really know what it is? There are many types. Quote, Suicide is a death resulting from an act carried out by the victim himself, which he was aware would produce this result. You can't manslaughter yourself. Therefore, we must examine the sociological aspects of suicide that is, from the perspective of social groups, not from individuals. He's just throwing out all of the individual stories, and if we can't fit it into an algorithm, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's like a... I'm saying one story is so much more powerful. Watch one episode of 13 Reasons Why. I'm going to lay in this bathtub and tweet about 13 of my classmates that I hate. <laughs> Do little girls really feel like that? Hey, bro, are they really as sad as Anne Frank? You're not alone. That's the only thing you need to know here. He's going to look at it through a sociological lens. I'm going to look at it through the individual lens. What does it mean to society? Another one bit the dust. <laughs> Another stat, Emil. 
I think it's much more powerful. What does it mean on an individual level? The moment of truth jumping off a bridge? What the fuck was going through this guy's mind? But what about the statistics? Fuck off. Quote, Let two extra social factors could affect the social suicide rate, the psychological state of an individual, and the physical environment. Inside, outside. This is the hermetic law of correspondence. He's not saying much. <laughs> Forget the laws of physics. All you need to know is seven laws of correspondence. You could read any book. Not really. Correspondence. The more you think about something, the more you acknowledge it externally. So the more you think about offing yourself, hmm, the more you're probably going to want to do it. And guys, I'll get more honest the further we get into the show. <laughs> I spent at least a year in just negative thought. And even in high school, I was fucking, I knew this shit, Mr. Positivity, but it could sneak up on you. So you got to make a fucking pact to yourself. Never again. There's these other four types of suicide he's going to talk about, but I really want to finish that point, bro. It's a seed. The correspondence. That's why Bill Hicks was the funniest guy ever. He would do the most irresponsible thing on a microphone. Kill yourself. Just planting seeds out here. Hey, you, kill yourself. (laughs) It's also why maybe he killed himself. We'll keep it in joke territory. That's either karma or some correspondence. (laughs) The other four types of suicide that this guy's talking about. Maniacal, melancholy, obsessive, and impulsive. Quote, not yet every person who commits suicide is mad. There is a relationship between race and suicide and the hereditary nature of suicide. Mm. Licking my lips, do tell me. (laughs) It's all white people. (laughs) The children of suicide do not inherit a specific suicidal mechanism. Instead, contagion, powerful suggestion. Like, my best friend's dad killed himself. This shit puts echoes into communities. There, that's the seventh law of the Kabbalah. Everything has an equal and opposite reaction. Fuck you, Newton. He's going, there's all these ways to off yourself. It's not just frigging physically. But let's just stick to the hard numbers. There was from January to June, the numbers go up, and then July to December, it goes down. Summer? Nobody wants to kill themselves in the summer, bro. If you have, like, $20 in your wallet, I do not even feel bad for you if you died. Go spend those last on four shots at the bar, and you're going to get laid. Something's going to turn around, and Angel's going to touch you. (laughs) But to make this serious, I don't want to make it serious, bro. The suicide epidemic peaked during the lockdown, which I'm sure we'll come back to later. But this is seasonal affective disorder, switched out for sudden adult death syndrome. Sads, it's all the same shit. (laughs) You need a linguist to decode this hermeticism they're hitting you with, bro. The sadness, turn them off. Emil, he's going to keep slipping further into bullshit. This is an equivocation fallacy. Suicide must be driven by social causes, not individual or external. Membership in religious, family, and political groups, therefore, must deter suicide. Think for yourselves. <laughs> He's trying to make this immutable point. You ever heard of the fucking preservation coefficient? Married people kill themselves less. Like, but then they commit melancholy suicide and obsessive suicide, all these other points he's talking about. 
We're back to Soren Kierkegaard, homies. Either fucking or. This is a party, bro. If you're just gonna sit here and poo-poo the whole fucking time, leave! You don't have to be here. <laughs> I'm saying definitely don't, though. I'm gonna be here every goddamn Tuesday. Another preservation coefficient. Nobody kills themselves during wartime. You ever hear about that? So this is how these fucking World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab elite logic goes. We should push for war so that the suicide rate comes down. Even though all the veterans are going to kill themselves after. <laughs> fucking pathetic. You know, we need to stop using oil so that developing countries will die off and everyone can be clean. It's the cost of life. You can't handle the truth. You need men to sit on this wall. You're a fucking Hobbesian. <laughs> he caveats himself here. We're like mid-chapter. Finally, fatalistic suicide occurs when an individual cannot escape regulation. As in slavery. <laughs> he said the S word. I didn't. But again, getting chained to society a little bit more is going to make you feel good. <laughs> what the fuck? There's egotistical, altruistic, and anomic suicide. So these are some more social types. Fucking gay. I guess I'm like anemic fatalistic. I know that I'm financially imprisoned so that I've committed anemic... I don't... I used to take a girl on a date every single month, but it's just not in the budget anymore. Bro, mentally too? I need this power. I'll get sucked off on stage if I did good enough. <laughs> Or a fucking jealous boyfriend will, will yell at me. It's been more the latter recently. So, there really are these points to, like, opt out. So I'm just saying let's stick to the real thing. Don't commit suicide. And he doesn't even build a good enough argument that, like, opting out leads to becoming Timothy McVeigh. I'm up for the argument, but this guy is just being gay. <laughs> uh, he's finally starting to mention finances. Finances. 2020, the biggest year of wealth transfer, also the biggest year of suicide. I don't really think it was being locked down. People love sitting at home. It's all financial, my guy. <laughs> Let's stop with this book shit. Real talk in life. I don't care if you're a drunk, you're sober, you're black, orange, or purple. Do you have money or not? That's the only social dynamic on earth that fucking matters. Do you have money or not? Are you going to spend that last $20 on four shots? Holy fuck, dude, I see it too much. <laughs> the liquor store. I'm saying most of us leave, live in, like, fatalistic situations. I'm not blaming people for being sad. But are we going to take action or what the fuck? Don't complain about being sad then. <laughs> Altruistic suicide he was talking about. This doesn't sound real. You're just so nice that you want to die. <laughs> There's this one riffraff that comes through the liquor store. Like, sometimes he buys beer for his mom. I'm like, who's this guy's fucking mom? He's on the streets all day, and he just brings mom home a six-pack once in a while. And then she finally came in. This big black lady. Oh, sugar, I'm so sorry for my son. Is he causing a ruckus in here every day? I'm like, you're lucky that he genuinely has a good attitude. I fucking love this kid. <laughs> kid, he's fucking ten years older than me. She bought us some fried buffet the following week. The point... You can't fix every problem with love. <laughs> My inner hippie just died a little. Most people need some ruthless truth. Moving on. Kind of the end of the chapter. Every society combines egotism, altruism, and some anomie. 
in varying proportions. When these three factors are balanced, the individual feels balanced. When the balance is upset, it can generate suicide. Is this guy a genius or did he just fucking look at a leaf? Balance, dude. That's it. I'm going to make a stand here. I think it should only be a crime to commit suicide when society is in balance. And you know when uh, 2% of billionaires hold 90% of the wealth? I think the government should at least provide you with some rope. <laughs> Bro, 2% have 90%. It, we're way out of balance. That's why I'm not trying to be the doomsayer here today, but bro, this shit is fucked. Why do you think there's so many less people having kids? That's another type of suicide. You're killing your genetic... <laughs> Fuck. It's us versus the globalists. I'm saying the money. He's gonna keep going. Fucking equivocation. The huge increase in suicides over the 19th century is pathological because the conditions surrounding it are not for normal. So he kind of just copped out the way I did. He's like, none of my science matters because I'm saying society's a little fucked up. So I'm not trying to do science, but this loser is. We need the money, bro. Let's bum rush this fucking hill. <laughs> Satire. I don't know. Me and Emil, we both agree. It's a moral symptom of society. So if we can correct some of these morals out here, get transgenders hookers off of TV, the numbers will dwindle. Chapter 2, Religion. I'm not trying to go culture war, but that was just chapter 1. We're going deeper. You never hear that the most common reported dream is being the last man on earth? Like I'm saying, if humans are so socially dependent, Emil, how come everybody just wants to get the fuck away? <laughs> I could have said that so much more powerful like two years ago. If you see my old Patreon hikes, bro, just get me the fuck away. <laughs> I had a period where I really liked this older French philosopher, Jean-Paul Sartre. He said, hell is other people. <laughs> there is no one size fits all. Emilio's, his argument is paradoxical. Other people make you want to kill yourself, but you need other people to live. Like I'm saying, there are dudes living in the bush, but 99% of us need other humans. Me too. You need a purpose. It's not about society. It's all about purpose. <laughs> Dude, the movie Lone Survivor. That was a purposeful movie. <laughs> I think this guy's head is fucking so far up the ass of sociology that he doesn't acknowledge stoicism once. You're going to talk about religion <laughs> and not talk about where you're putting that warship? This guy just wants you to suck off the state. He says, since it happens in groups, suicide is a collective phenomenon in itself. Okay, people have sex in groups. Does that also make it a phenomenal mystery? This is some circular logic bullshit. Fuck off, Emil. And I ate this shit up in college, bro. I want to go back and school a professor. <laughs> Quote, the tendency to suicide is best observed by studying as many individual suicides as possible and establishing a number of different types. However, there is no data available on suicides among the sane. So you just throw out all of those? Like, who gets to decide what is sane and isn't sane? There's so many, like, little parts in this process that we're not even thinking about. It's an appeal to authority. Quote, 
Statistics for suicide include apparent motives, but often are more detective reporting confusion about motives. So the data is unreliable. <laughs> and your whole thing is data, dude. This quote is more couth. For example, the lives of farmers are extremely different from the lives of educated urban professionals. This is true even though the apparent motives may be listed as the same as such job loss or disappointments in love. Dude, shut the fuck up. Okay, so like half of the farmers in America are addicted to opioids right now. When I got in my fucking motorcycle accident, I couldn't even talk. I was in opioid brain. They had me on oxys, bro. I also had some like Tylenol 13s. It kills your brain. I've come back from the dead so many fucking times. You people don't even know, bro. I drank myself into a coma. I fucking opioids. And I wasn't even addicted. I took what they made me to. And I remember I couldn't even read. That was some of the most fucked up time in my life, dude. Whoo. That's why we get ahead. It's the people who just sit there and like believe without actually doing any of the work themselves. Who fucking off themselves, bro. This is the religious chapter. He had a stat. On a map of suicide in Europe, Protestant countries commit suicide at a much higher rate than Catholic ones. I'm just going to ride Catholicism's dick here. But Martin Luther, that guy was just trying to sell books. <laughs> he invented the printing press. Christianity says you need faith plus work. Seriously, you don't need the sky daddy, but if you are on the ledge... Inheriting some sort of supernatural paradigm will save your fucking life. <laughs> Anybody who's rubbed two brain cells together knows this shit doesn't make sense at the end of the day. Why else do you show up for work day after day after day? It's faith. Why else are you doing that? Maybe you're gambling away and playing the lot. Everybody has their faith and they're placing it usually into work. But this f dude wants you to place it in society. I'm telling you to place it in yourself. Work is faith. Like, God bless you from 20 to 70 years old if you never stop and think, why am I doing this? If you really are someone who can put your pants on two legs at a time, you have some faith in something. Quote, in Germany and Switzerland, the number of suicides are directly proportionate to the number of Protestants and inversely proportionate to the number of Catholics. Emile's interpretation, Protestantism allows a great deal more freedom of inquiry, whereas Catholicism features an extensive hierarchy of religious authorities and unchanging tradition. So Catholic shame is what keeps you alive. Like, it sounds like he's trying to say Catholicism kills you there, but he's going, no, it's the shame. All those people are so good at it. And he's right. North Korea, they have the lowest fucking suicide rate because they'll kill your family if you kill yourself. That's more of a law, but okay. We're calling it a societal rule. Jewish communities have a strong feeling of solidarity that strengthens their sense of identity and unity in the face of surrounding social hostility. Or my theory... Jews work fucking hard. Chapter 3, Education. This is more important to me than religion. <laughs> I fucking might break down this chapter. You could tell the walls are thinning. Like, I like to think of myself, I'm coming out of the Buddhist dark night. I've been to the retreats, I've studied their bullshit. Those people know how awakenings work. I'm now starting to get heavy synchronicities of stream reentry. 
this is not going to make sense to people, but you've heard it before. In the cycles of life, things are darkest before the dawn. I've had some fucked up thoughts over the past two years. The only thing that I've had to hold on to seriously is truth. Really, I'm not here to ride comedy's dick or anything. I'm telling you guys the truth. It's truth. (laughs) It sounds gay, but mental progression towards your own worldview will save you. It feels like, um, like I feel like it's the end of the dark night because I know what I know now. I'm out of the fucking Dunning-Kruger dip thanks to this education bullshit. I've listened to dozens of interviews of people who have taken attempts at their life. <sighs> it's, um, it's like giving up halfway. Of course, that's a metaphor for life, but even in your intellectual pursuit, it's giving up. Holy shit, guys. <laughs> it's going to sound pompous, but really just fucking booking down and studying. It could save a motherfucker. <laughs> Quote, when traditional beliefs or practices have lost their authority, people acquire a thirst for learning. <laughs> this is speaking to my soul. Fuck. They search for an understanding and knowledge through education and philosophy. <laughs> That's how close I was, bro. <laughs> I tried the hedonism, the fucking partying, the coke parties with the comics. You finally get invited. Like, take a, take a little bit off. <laughs> I was working at the 16th and Curtis Starbucks. <laughs> Literally, catty corner, there's a bar named Rock Bottom. While I'm working there, I saw the remains of a guy who jumped off of a parking deck. Like, it sounded like thunder. Everybody ran outside of their storefronts. It was like 10 a.m. on a Monday. Yeah, you could catch me killing myself then. (laughs) 10 a.m. on a Monday. And then one week later, a guy jumped off the Arapahoe clock tower. Education eliminates replication. You stop making the same mistakes when you know shit. Bro. (laughs) Holy shit. And then you could get wisdom you learn from other people's mistakes. I've seen the ripple so close. And in other ways, bro, this kid that I did a comedy show with when we were 17, he OD'd on opioids. I'm on the brink of full-on tears. I've seen the ripple, dogs. (laughs) Emil's going to keep going on about his indoctrination education. (laughs) Get your brain gains up. School kids are at an all-time high suicide. Your education isn't working, Emil. Fancy education. I worked at the administration office at UD. When a kid dropped all of their classes, we had to report him to the guidance counselors. They were on suicide watch. Holy fuck. Like, we hide the numbers, too. Emil's trying to be out here a hero. Oh, look at all these numbers. We hide it. School is not education. It will kill you. (laughs) I don't know. That being said, you have to play the game to win. If you want a job, you need a degree. Keep your head on your shoulders. Just pass the classes, anyone out there. You ever hear this one? When the student is ready, the master arrives. I don't think of myself as a teacher or a master or anything. But, guys, I find new fucking teachers every week. Usually it's in the back of a porn shop. (laughs) We're losing steam here. The other morning, beautiful morning, I ripped some chest, ran like a motherfucker, read some bullshit, heading to work. 
the first hour of my shift. I'm vibrating high. This black lady comes in. She's talking on the phone. It's ghetto people buying booze at fucking 9 a.m. That's the story. <laughs> she's talking to her friend. Five minutes pass. She's hyping me. Oh, there's this cute register man here. I sell her some fucking Southern Comfort. She's on her way. Midday, this friend that she was talking to on the phone walks in. And I questioned her about it. Was your friend in here earlier? <laughs> she was not a tough cookie to crack. Niburian princess. Ten years older than me. She buys some Crown Royale. I hit her with, you deserve a crown. <laughs> you know, we keeping it light. She comes in later. Drunk as all hell. Secure the digits. Half an hour passes. She's back again going, I can't wait. <laughs> and so we fucking make a date and have sex. Bro, I want to end that story there because I said we needed the vibes up. She told me the saddest fucking story about her family in Sudan. <laughs> Motherfucker sending money home out here, bro. You're really going to kill yourself over some first world bullshit. <laughs> if I fucking read more of this Emil, I might want to kill myself. <laughs> Quote... Le female cohort produced a lower rate of education as well as a lower rate of suicide. Hmm. I did like that quote. <laughs> so chicks aren't as smart and they kill themselves less. And again, he's probably just making a shitload of correlations. But yeah, I'm saying education, if not done right, is very dangerous. So I had that other douchey teacher quote. I like this one too. The teacher must live in the dark so the students can see the light. I'm reading this nonfiction bullshit so you don't have to. Read fiction like a chick. Maybe that's why he's saying girls don't kill themselves. They read love stories. <laughs> I'll be out here doing the dirty work. Stay up, motherfuckers. Chapter 4. Quelle. He kind of admits why he's a sociologist up top. Individual characteristics cannot explain the social rate of suicide because individual characteristics vary widely. So I'm just going to look at people as one big blob. How can you be a scientist and say there's too many variables? <laughs> you fucking quitter. We need mathematicians on this. Crunch the numbers, guys. <laughs> Quetelet. This is the French sociologist from 1796 who Emile stole all of his work. <laughs> Quote, To consider how the average influences individuals is to admit that there is a collective tendency to suicide from which individual tendencies proceed. So he's learning from this guy that's saying, even because there is a group, we have to look at the group dynamic. <laughs> it's not all wrong. It's just so narrow-minded. It's like someone who just gets obsessed with math. It's a valuable point of view, but it isn't everything. He's saying, uh, Quetzal more. You know fucking Quetzalcoatl is the entity of mass hysteria? I study all this Aztec bullshit too. Quetzalcoatl, that's the only thing I can think about this chapter. When we ignore individual variables, we collectively go crazy. <laughs> it's this guy's entire work. Quetzalcoatl. Uh, is this fucking with me? Like, do we remember any mass hysterias? In our very recent memory that made suicide go up, Quetzalcoatl is on the loose, bro. <laughs> Quote, the average individual represents the majority of the population, while suicide regularly only occurs in the minority. It's a pretty big quote. 
He's going, the thinkers who pay attention kill themselves as an indicator to the dummies that something is wrong. And this is like Jordan Peterson's whole uh, canary in a coal mine theory. Is it a coincidence that the funniest comedians to ever live, Robin Williams, Richard, Jenny, both kill themselves? You go, maybe something's wrong with the machine, the hierarchy. We all shrug it off. Wait for the next funny person to commit anemic suicide. Bill Hicks. This fucking canary in a coal mine. It's just hypersensitive people. I've thought about this so fucking much. The term comedian and all that. Socrates, one must think like a wise man and speak like the everyman. Bro, this is the difference between a joker and a clown. I don't want to get too fucking in the comedy trenches. <laughs> and I'm also not saying I'm either. I'm just being brutally honest today. So let me just get more honest. All these fucking whores ask you, So, like, why do you do comedy? You must think you're so funny. It's a backhanded compliment. I don't think I'm funny, bitch. I'm done. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you think about me. I don't give a fuck if I kill or if I bomb. I'm just kind of done. It's a kind of suicide that a lot of comedians commit, and you tell the story. Yeah, one time I made someone laugh when I was five, and I knew from then. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> it's done. Some honesty died in the whole rant. I'm not going to kill myself, okay? I know that sounds bad. It's done. But it's the Roosevelt quote to me. When you've reached the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. Man, life broke me down. I'm open to the programming. I see all the angles, bro. I'm just letting Smeagol take over now. Me wants it. Me wants greatness. Me wants success. Got another Quetelet quote we'll end on. Over time, a social current can have a long-term cumulative effect on individuals who commit suicide rather than influencing them all to die at the same time. This explains why an individual suicide tendency grows from youth to maturity. Pretty scary quote. <laughs> so let's keep on telling the kitties. Hold on, it gets better. <laughs> Chapter 5. I would understand. I don't want to leave that last joke in the air, bro. It gets better. If you make it better. <laughs> like, there's this voice in my head that I'm working on killing. Not Smeagol, I need that guy aboard. There's this old guy that's named Steve. I'm using this name to protect the witness. He's 80 years old. He takes his walker out of the back of his Jeep. Carrot Cherokee, it's missing a window. Every day he hobbles into the liquor store. Steve with the Stella Artois gets a schnapps, a pack of cool smokes. Cool blues, the cheapest shit. He's still alive. This man has a purpose. He plays the lottery every day. But that's not the point. I ask him every fucking morning, how you doing today, Steve? He mutters under his breath, I feel worse every day. Every day, he says I feel worse. <laughs> but wait, the suicide hotline told me it's all uphill. Why are we lying to each other? Like, we got the secret, bro. It does get worse, but Steve committed to the brain rot. Maybe it's the 40-year hangover. <laughs> Maybe it's the fact that you haven't tried to meet anyone in a decade. Maybe it's the insurmountable regret that you waited too long to learn the fucking truth. Let's stop lying to each other. We'll get to the bottom of this shit quicker. Like, 
it's not all good. It's not all bad. Like Steve, you got to coach your voice into positivity. Otherwise, as Emil said, you're just going to get more negative through the years. It's funny to be a curmudgeon old man, but not every fucking day, bro. <laughs> Seriously, like, how many people do these old winos push away type of thing? My final take for the book, you're a pussy. <laughs> if you can't live 80 years, it's not that long. <laughs> Just avoid permanent decisions. If I could give, like, one piece of advice, you can't undo killing yourself. <laughs> this isn't the butterfly effect where you could go back in time, vanilla sky. It's over, bro. These permanent decisions. Like, if you were born in the 80s, maybe you got a mullet cut. Oh, man, that was so lame. If you were in the 90s, you went grunge. Why was I so sad? In the 2000s, you're sad as a kid. And you cut your penis off. <laughs> Some decisions I'm saying are permanent. What they don't tell you and is hidden. Post-op transgenders have a 50% suicide rate. Yeah, just save your kids. <laughs> 50 fucking percent of these people kill themselves. I would understand wanting out of all of this mass hysteria. But you've got to understand too that I'm going to call you a pussy. Because people go through so much harder than us. We're not in this alone, bro. Fucking let the hermaphrodites outlive us. Fuck no. <laughs> You're free of the hedonism. As long as you don't... Like, if you have a spirit, bro... Anybody that's listening to this has so much better odds than the people I see on a daily basis. I have so much faith in all of us. Quote, There is no known society in which there is no criminal activity and no violation of the moral code. Crime is necessary, and normal is therefore not a sickness. In the fundamental conditions of social organizations, it is also normal for crimes to be punished. He twists it around. How are you going to punish someone who capital punishment themselves? Who killed himself, but that's punishable by law. There was something bigger in there. He's going for normal crimes to be punished. <laughs> this isn't me talking. Bro, rob a bank before you kill yourself. <laughs> that was a joke, but seriously? <laughs> He's going, crime is natural at a certain point. Like, I see motherfuckers the first day out of jail, they come to the liquor store. They still got their fucking oranges on. <laughs> they don't, but that's a real story. Fuck, dude. Try some shit. Go buck wild. <laughs> Quote, Prussian suicides increased 411% between 1826 and 1890. And this aligns with industrialization, he keeps going. Society can be healthy only when it changes slowly. Through regular evolution, in the past 19th century, however, an unhealthy disturbance has uprooted the institutions of the past without replacing them. Sounds a lot like today. I don't need to be trite. Let's move along. He's got one more point. The only way to change the rising trend in suicide is to change society itself. The abnormal increases in suicide is the symptom, albeit a moral symptom, that reveals a profound change in our societal structure. <laughs> We're meant to know 200 people. Dunbar's number. More society. This quote goes hard. 
Communications have mixed up groups of peoples, and previous institutions have been destroyed. The only remaining collective organization is the state, which is too far removed from individuals to offer effective social cohesion. It's too big. It's too big. AOC, I know you're hot, but you don't really care about me. I'll be out here trying to raise the collective subconscious with some culture. Otherwise, focus on you. Final quote. The unusually high number of suicides proves that civilized people are suffering from profound unrest. Okay, one more thing I have to ask. Do this for me, please. For the weirdo you found on the internet, the book podcaster. Before you kill yourself, use up all your vacation days. And even this, take a couple sick days. I have the runs. I can't come in. Profound unrest is what we are suffering from. Take a minute. Think about it. <laughs> You're going to end it all? Beware the profound unrest. It's a trap. Ladies and gentlemen, Emil Durkheim's suicide. Thank you, guys. I'm going to be here. Nick Munez every single week. Love you all. We made it this far together. Let's to the top next week we've got Steve Harvey's act like a lady think like a man <laughs> theming it up for February men versus women Steve Harvey we're not spoiling anything we'll be back in seven short days with that one Harish one on Instagram for some free memes patreon.com slash the niche seriously love you guys fucking I respond to every message on Patreon so hit me there if you need something Let's get a random soundboard effect to end this one. Let's go. Let's a fucking go. <laughs> Nick Mina signing off. See you soon. Peace. <laughs>